Welcome to Medicine and Misguided, your place to talk through all things mental health. Grace Scotty. Thank you for welcoming our voices into your space. So this month we are jumping into a discussion about seasonal affective disorder or SAD. Just keep listening as we explore symptoms, its association with other mental health conditions causes and how to manage those symptoms. I want to take you guys into a space. Imagine being in bed on a cold November day and although you slept the weekend away, you still don't have the energy to get up and get dressed. Everyone around you seems to be preparing for Thanksgiving, but you could care less, except you are hoping someone in the family brings you one of those good old low vibrational plates with all the meats with the extra sweet potato pie. Mm-hmm. So nearly 10 million Americans feel this way four to five months out of the year due to seasonal affective disorder. And while Black Americans experience Sad at the same rate as the general population, less Black Americans are aware of the existence of this condition. So we're going to get into some questions, some questions that we've been asked, some questions that we have. We're going to get into that discussion. Yeah, let's go ahead and jump into our questions the discussion about our topic of this month and so the first one is what are some symptoms or signs of sad or seasonal affective disorder and so what i've come to learn is that you can recognize seasonal affective disorder by isolation, lack of interest in doing things that normally are um, enjoying to you, a change in appetite, usually like eating more, um, loss of pleasure in activities like a depressed mood or affect, hard time getting out of the bed. So loss of energy, a lot of times it's kind of like typical um symptoms of major depression or persistent depression um but it it usually comes around within a certain time of the year what are your thoughts burns yeah to be quite honest um and experiencing depression mine was primarily seasonal during the fall and uh, winter months Mm -hmm. not wanting to get out of bed um, increase, I would say, eating especially of um, sugary foods. Mm-hmm. Um, foods high in carb. Of course, we have plenty of those during the holiday uh, months, December, and we've got Christmas. So yeah. I noticed a more in- increased eating, I would say. And then, of course, you increase your eating, mm-hmm. and especially with carbs and sugars, then there goes the increase in weight gain as well so 
definitely notice those things are as some of the symptoms of seasonal affective disorder. Yeah. So we got another question. Is seasonal affective disorder only in the fall and winter? Because that's what we've been talking about so far. And that's what most people that know anything about the disorder usually consider is the fall and winter um, months. So what about spring and summer? Mm -hmm. Seasonal affective disorder is and can be experienced in the summer months. So, in doing some research about the summer months regarding um, seasonal affective disorder, it was more so tied to what's going on around the individuals. Mm-hmm. For a lot of the individuals, it could have been that their activities have changed. Mm-hmm. For other individuals, they may notice quite the opposite of some of the symptoms that people experience or may experience in the fall and winter. So they may have trouble sleeping instead of oversleeping like the winter and the fall months. They may mm-hmm. have trouble sleeping instead of that increased appetite that I mentioned for fall and winter seasonal affective disorder, they may experience a decrease in appetite, Mm -hmm. experience some weight loss associated with that decrease. And then the individual usually feels more anxious in the summer and spring months. And I think we have another question later on that'll get more in tune with why that could be. Yeah. Okay. So our next one is, what is the primary difference between SAD or seasonal affective disorder, MDD or major depressive disorder, and PDD, which is persistent depressive disorder? And I really think that what I've learned is it's it's all in the name. So with SAD, it's really centered around a season, a time of the year um, that really affects the mood, energy, um, how we perceive interactions with others. And major depression is experienced in like episodes that last at least two months-ish. Um, depressive disorder is something that lasts consistently. It's like for at least two years in adults. Um, so that it's, it's different. Seasonal is around the seasons, literally spring, summer, fall, winter. Major depression is something that lasts for at least two months. You can have a single episode. It can be circumstantial. Something um, major happened in your life and it led into a, a depression, a depressive episode. Um, and then persistent is something that is pretty constant throughout your life. You're depressed for an extended period of time, um, around two months typically. Um, that could be because of something that you inherited. So it could be hereditary, it could be life circumstances, um, but it's definitely different from SAD. So you mentioned some of the other um, disorders 
that people may get confused with seasonal affective disorder. Mm -hmm. We had a question that asked, has SAD been linked to any other mental health disorders? Aside from depression, that's one of the primary ones that it has been linked to. And when I say linked to, people have found that these disorders can co-occur in many individuals. Mm -hmm. So they found that almost 20% of individuals who are diagnosed with bipolar disorder also experience it seasonally. Mm -hmm. So they may experience their symptoms of mania in the springtime and depression in the fall. Mm -hmm. So many doctors have found that at least or almost 20% of individuals experiencing um, bipolar disorder experience them on a seasonal, their symptoms on a seasonal basis. So let's talk about medication. Um, I know in the black community, we don't really talk about taking medication or sometimes we shy away from taking medication for mental health reasons. Um, but our next question is, is medication a good method for treating seasonal affective disorder? And my response to that is, um, anytime you're taking, anytime you're experiencing something and it's hard for you to manage, it's not exactly tolerable. If you would take medication for your physical health, you can also consider taking medication for your mental health. Um, they do provide seasonal prescriptions or PRN or as needed. So it's definitely something to consult your PCP about or your psychologist or psychiatrist, your therapist, if you can get a conversation about taking medication. Yeah, I would add to that. Definitely true. And um, consulting with your primary care provider and your therapist or counselor um, regarding the medication, it can be very helpful. And as far as PRN, I'll say that um, it may take several times for several different medications to figure out which one is um, right for you if you have seasonal affective disorder. So be willing to work with your providers, um, talk to them about how the medication makes you feel. Um, I've changed prescriptions probably twice, maybe three times different um, medicines. And talking with a provider really helps and knowing when to begin and end those medications, like right now would be the perfect time for some people, depending on their conversation with their counselors and their um, PCP, to start if they experience fall and winter um, seasonal affective disorder. So definitely consulting with your providers about 
what medication is right, when is it right to start and stop is very important. So one of the main um, causes that a lot of people talk about when they think about seasonal affective disorder, because I've seen it on Facebook very recently, I've seen someone talking about going out and getting um, sunlight. So we had someone ask the question, is decreased sunlight the only reason for seasonal affective disorder? So a lot of people know that your vitamin D decreases with sunlight and in the fall and the winter months, there is less um, daylight. So that may be the primary reason for some people to experience seasonal affective disorder, but it also is that that lack of um, sunlight or decrease in sunlight kind of throws off your hormones, mm -hmm. your serotonin, melatonin, that vitamin D as well. And it also throws off your sleeping pattern, which we know can change a whole bunch of your mood. So decreased sunlight definitely plays into it. But earlier I mentioned for some people, the spring and summer seasonal affective disorder, many causes um, to that is because of the change in activity. So for individuals in school, whether it's a child or someone in college, they are no longer in classes. Most people don't take summer classes. Mm -hmm. They are working more. Teenagers included, adults are working more. For some people, they see their friends, family members, coworkers taking off, going on vacations that they can't afford. Mm -hmm. And some people, college students, are back home in a situation that school allowed them to escape from, whether it was the pressure from their parents, whether they were in a physically, emotionally abusive relationship with their family member and have to move back during the summer. All of those things can affect that spring and spring break and summertime seasonal affective disorder. So along with the sunlight, we have those situational occurrences that can happen for some people that add on to reasons for seasonal affective disorder. It, it does have a lot to do with the sunlight, the change in your energy levels, the daytime being shorter, the night being longer, disrupting your body's internal clock. Uh, mm -hmm. And so it can definitely create a shift in your mood, your energy, level of fatigue, things like that. If anything, I feel like I'm the complete opposite. Um, mm -hmm. I absolutely love fall and winter time. I get so energized when I start seeing the leaves change, when I start seeing that it's like dark and gloomy outside. Oh, I live. I, I love it. I I don't think that I have sad in the summer and springtime. I just don't like those seasons. 
Um, I don't like heat. I don't like bugs. I don't like being outside like that unless the sun is down. So like, luckily, whenever the time goes back, the hour, the day start changing, things like that only affects me differently. But I have worked with a lot of people that do experience sad and don't have that diagnosis or don't consider it. Mm-hmm. Um, so our next question is why is sad or seasonal affective disorder so prevalent in the black community during the fall and the winter so along the lines that you were mentioning burns um, I want to add that I think a lot of it has to do with um, family gatherings like we know from the holidays in the, in the winter and fall are, are pretty prominent we have um, Thanksgiving, Christmas um, Halloween, New Year's, going into Valentine's Day in February, right before spring starts coming up. Um, and a lot of it is about like lack of companionship or mm-hmm. it could also be can, um, things that can contribute to it is your family dynamic. Um, how do you operate with your family? How do you function with them? Do you have good relationships? Are you triggered when you go home? Um, do things make you sad when you're home? Do you have someone to go home to? Has someone passed away that you want to spend time with? Think so. It's a lot of different things that can go into it um, that can contribute to developing the um, seasonal affective disorder in the Black community during the fall and the winter time. So thinking about how you interact with your family, if you have a large family, if you don't, if you are able to go home, if you're not, if you're in college and you can't get away because of work, um, so lots of different things to consider. So, yeah. What do you think about that, Burns? Yeah, I was definitely gonna mention, um, you already did mention about the companionship as far as a lot of people um, missing people like you said if they lost someone and you see everybody else especially with social media sharing pictures um you see them with their family and friends and it's with a recent loss especially it may be triggering um Mm -hmm. for some of those symptoms yeah Another question we got is sad the only condition that worsens primarily in the fall and winter months. So I'm gonna shout out to one of my coworkers who asked this question and um, say that sad is not the only condition that worsens um, primarily in the winter and fall months and this would be a big discussion to have with your primary care provider because most of these are physical conditions that worsen in the fall and um winter months like immune system disorders Mm -hmm. you have asthma flu and with the cold weather especially arthritis Mm-hmm. And then experiencing those physical conditions, that's one of the things that my um, degree focuses on is comorbid conditions, both physical and um, behavioral, mm-hmm. can often exacerbate those 
symptoms of seasonal affective disorder. Right. So you're feeling awful physically. You're not going to want to get out of bed. You're not going to want to, for some people, interact with other people. So some of those symptoms that you could have initially been feeling are only worsened by your physical health conditions. Right. So I would say that is a topic to cover with your primary care provider and discussing the worsening of your symptoms. It may be an increase in your medications for your physical condition that may also help with decreasing your sad symptoms. Right. So the next question is, how is seasonal affective disorder developed? Um, And this goes along with what we're already talking about. Um, I don't want to say that there's one specific way where people develop seasonal affective disorder. Um, but there can be many different ways that can contribute to the diagnosis, um, such as, like we've mentioned before, drop in serotonin levels, um, drop in vitamin D, drop in iron, um, lack of sunlight. It just depends on your circumstances and how your body uh, begins to regulate seasons. Like I mentioned, I don't really experience anything like that i actually gain a lot more energy in the fall and the winter time i'm excited to see what that looks like when i'm done with school so i will actually be free from using all this energy in school but to add more to that um i've worked with some people where they've developed seasonal affective disorder around like a trauma that has happened in that certain type of season like someone um could experience a loss around the holidays or a loss in the fall and the winter. And so when that season starts coming up, um, their mood begins to change. They may begin to feel more depressed. And when the sunlight is more apparent and we start going into the spring and summer months, their mood um, and affect becomes a a bit more brighter and they're more open compared to the fall and the winter. Um, It could be because of something you've experienced that had a lasting impact on you, aside from a death or a loss in your family. Um, that could also contribute to sad. So there's not just one way to do it. It can become, it could be something genetic, like low ser- serotonin um, levels. It could be something that occur- that happened to you, like a loss in the family, a death or a trauma. Um, but there's many different ways that it can develop. And if you are feeling like you are experiencing seasonal affective disorder, you notice that you Um, and experience low energy, fatigue, isolation during specific times of the year compared to other times in the year, then it's definitely um, worth having a conversation with your therapist or PCP or primary care provider. All right, last question that was asked. Is there anything that I can do at home to help manage symptoms? I have a few things. One of them is make sure for those hours that we do have sunlight, you get some of it. Mm-hmm. So you're in the house because it's cold. 
don't like the cold like me, open your blinds. And that's one of the biggest things that I find helpful, even if it's the summertime. I am one to have most of the lights on in the house, Mm -hmm. some of the windows and blinds open. My dream is to have one of those glass houses, not really, but where the perimeter of their living room is all windows. Mm -hmm. I would love that. Hmm. So definitely open the blinds. Sit outside during lunch. Something short like that. Yeah. Exercise. If you really, because of some of those physical conditions, cannot be outside in the cold. Joining a gym during those winter months. And we know we have quite a few gyms offer that January discount. Mm -hmm. Set you a sleep schedule using a timer or reminder. Alarm clock is the word I'm looking for. Using an alarm clock so that you stay on a set schedule. Things that I have issues with. Avoid adding those extra carbs and sweets. Promise you it's only going to weigh you down more. Physically and mentally. Mm. And then uh, another thing that I find very joyful is taking a trip somewhere warm, more warm than where you are. So you guys up north, come on, visit us down south. (laughs) Even some of us in Alabama, we take a beach trip to Florida or elsewhere. And that really helps for Mm -hmm. some people. Any thoughts on ways to manage? We mentioned prescriptions and talking to a primary care provider or your therapist or counselor psychiatrist about Mm -hmm. medications any other symptoms well ways to manage symptoms yeah um i think it i know i say this a lot but it comes down to like your intentionality behind it i think it's really important to share your experience with someone in your life, someone close to you, whether it's a loved one, a significant other, family member, a cousin, a friend, um, let them know what you have going on. That way they can also um, pull you out of those dark spaces or keep you from withdrawing, um, invite you to different things, get to um, have conversations with people in your life. Um, I think that makes it a little easier when we don't have to bear that burden on our own. Um, Also, just make sure you do have those conversations with your therapist. I find it funny. Some people go to therapy and and are honest and share what they're going through. It's kind of a a waste of money, but all you can do is have a conversation. It's up to you what you do with the information about choosing to take the medication or not. Um, A lot of the medication that works for um, combating depression like SSRIs or SNRIs, MAOIs, um, they take a while to get into your system. So you can also speak about starting something a little earlier 
like in August or September before it really starts getting cold. Um, or you can find a specific medication that you don't have to take 30 days first before you start noticing a difference um, to work against that seasonal affective depressive disorder. Um, but yeah, so just making sure that you take care of your body. If you know that you have SAD, um, you are just intentional about what you're doing. So making sure you get some self-care in, washing your face every day, taking a shower, doing your hair, um, nourishing your things like that. All right, so uh, we are gonna move into our takeaways and our challenge of the month. And so uh, let's just talk about what we're taking away from today's conversation, Burns. What's your takeaway today? My takeaway is knowing that you're not alone. You're not the only one. Mm -hmm. If you have experienced changes in your mood, changes in some of those symptoms that we mentioned, that you're not the only one out there that is going through it. And it's actually real. Mm -hmm. So it's not something that you're imagining. And there's ways to manage and treat those symptoms. That's my primary takeaways. What are yours? Um, Mine would be just having a conversation about medication because I know that's not something that we talk about too much in our community. Um, I do think that medication in combination with therapy is the most effective method to work Mm -hmm. against depression. Um, And that's what research really Um, shows. So I think that it's important to try both. If it's something that's really impacting your life, um, just try it for a little bit and see how that goes. Difference in your quality of life. Um, But yeah, that's that's my takeaway for this week, for this month. All right. So quickly, before getting into this month's challenge, going to do an accountability check for last month. So last month, we challenged you guys to try baking, roasting, or boiling your food. Just one dish, just one piece of a dish, instead of frying one. So did you do it? How did it taste? We still want to know. You still got an opportunity to share with us. Feel free to send us those pictures from your challenge for last month. Mm-hmm. What do we have for this month, Raven? So for this month's challenge of the month, we want to ask you guys to call a friend and get outside, get in some of that sunlight that we mentioned, get those vitamin D levels up. Um, on the weekends where no one is hosting a holiday or a game day gathering, call up a friend, make contact with someone in your support system and your friend group and your family and plan something outside during the day. So make sure that you take time to use some self-care, really get in there and wash your face, wash your hair, wash your body, dress for the occasion, do something that makes you feel good, put something on that makes you feel good, and then tag us in one of your pictures on one of our social media pages. And our social media page at on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is at Melanated and Misguided. 
Make sure you tag us in your photos and videos of you completing this challenge and engaging in something fun for this month. And we can't wait to hear and see what you guys get into for this challenge. Yeah, I'm excited. We all, we stay busy over here every weekend. So I want to see what you guys are out there doing. Mm -hmm. All right, let's get into wrap. It's the end of our show. And that is all for our fourth session of season two. Thanks again for tuning in and listening to us this month. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with your family members, with your friends, with your co-workers, with your loved ones, and let us know your thoughts. Yeah, don't forget to follow Medicine for the Melanated and Misguided on Facebook and Instagram at Mel- Melanated and Misguided and on Twitter at Medicine for the MM. So you won't miss out on our next episode. Until next time, take care.